0: Now, before we start, let's give a description of what film adaptation means. Now, film adaptation represents the conversation of literature or any kind of literary work for film. For every great film adaptation that you will see out there, there are equally as many poor examples of film adaptation. In fact, actually, not all literary works are ideal for film adaptation. And there are infinitely many adopted works that prove this. You might have made this same assumption in the past if you ever found yourself saying, well, the movie wasn't nearly as good as the book was, but it was okay. You basically just announced that the film adaptation of the book wasn't as good as the book itself. So what makes a good film adaptation? The actual elements of a story or literary work that must be portrayed in a film vary from one work to the next. Determining what makes a good film adaptation versus what results in a poor adaptation is actually hard to do. This is because film adaptations are still a work of art. They're seen through the eyes of many different viewers and thus, it's very different per movie. What one likes, another may not love at all. But according to Northeastern University, there are some steps that can be taken to ensure that a successful book to a film becomes a good adaptation. This includes highlighting the characters, closely following the written narrative, using visuals created by the text, learning what's behind a poor adaptation, and focusing more on the story while also focusing on the visuals. So in learning how to answer this question, what is film adaptation? It's also important to understand how structure can play a key role in the adaptation of a book or literally work, onto video. While every story has a beginning, middle and end, the elements of the story may be delivered in a completely different narrative when an adaptation is created. Film adaptations often mix the structure of the story, so delivering in a distinctly different narrative than what was originally found in the written work. But does that make it a poor adaptation? Not really, though or at least not always. In fact, adopting a different narrative structure for the story when creating a film adaptation can also be beneficial in producing the desired dramatic effects if it's done right. It's also important to closely consider any changes to narrative structure, characters or plot when creating a book to film adaptation or any other literally work adaptation. Keep this in mind if you're planning to film adaptation of your own. So in that meaning, film adaptations can take the plot of a novel, for example, the way it happened with Great Expectations, and they could literally take what was written in the book and portray it exactly the way it is. Well, in the same time period, the characters having the same names, the story, the narrative keeping exactly as it is. Or they could take the plot of the novel or some aspects of it and transfigure it into new, add new narrative to it or add new characters and transform the characters and kind of adopt the book to your own uh, feature movie. So that is interesting to see what would work and what not with film adaptations. A lot of times For example, if you take the biggest example of the Harry Potter franchise, well, I am a Harry Potter fan. I love the books. They're really, really incredible to me. And I do like the movies, but especially with the last movies, I feel that they didn't really tell the fans what they expected to see from the books. So there is tricky business to do a good film adaptation. And especially if you have a fan base. If it's a story that everyone loves. uh, It's really, really hard to not disappoint. Because obviously you can't tell everything that was in the book. You can't really tell it well that it captures all good moments. And... It's even harder with classics like Pride and Prejudice, Great Expectations. Those are books that people have read for years. They have big <laughs> great expectations about them. They know the characters, they know they know how the characters should look. They the thing is the books are written so well. They they don't have to have a film adaptation so that the viewer could imagine how it will look. You know, there's so many details in the story of the character's clothes, their looks, their, the way they interact, the everything, their surroundings. So book adaptations uh, into movies, they're a tricky topic. And I will try to cover great expectations in a lot of details of why I think the version by Alessandro Coron is a good modern adaptation of the book. Now, before I dive deeper into Great Expectations, I want to explain why I picked the version of 1998 by Alfonso particularly. Of course, throughout the years, there were many adaptations of this novel, which were greatly received. There were theater adaptations, people liked those. And then the one in 1998 particularly had very mixed reviews by audiences and critics. But even more interestingly, the cast itself wasn't really proud of the movie. Famously, Alfonso said in many interviews that he wished he didn't do it. He wished that uh, the producers didn't pressure him so much. He didn't look back at the movie with great fondness. For me, that was really strange to hear because... It this movie made a huge impact on me when I watched it the first time, and I didn't get how can this movie not work. And even more surprising is when you look at the cast that's starring in the movie. You have Ethan Hawke, you have Gwyneth Paltrow, you have Hank Azaria, Robert De Niro, Chris Cooper, all great names. And when you hear those names, you think, oh, that must be a great movie. And the performances are incredible in this movie. They really. Showed a lot of chemistry, a lot of understanding of the script. So, for me, that movie was really great. And that's why I guess I picked it because I want to know what happened there. Why did people not watch it? Well, of course, it came out at the same time as Titanic, so that must have not done a favor to the movie. But people, when you ask, hey, have you watched uh, Great Expectations with Robert De Niro? And they most of the time don't really know what do I mean? And uh, for me, that was very surprising. So let's dive deeper into what happened. So for me, Great Expectations holds a very dear place. Uh, Not only the novel, but the movie itself. Now, first, I saw the movie before I read the book. And the movie, when I saw it, I was very young. Uh, I catch it on TV. It wasn't from the beginning so I guess I started somewhat in the middle. I didn't catch the, the entire story but it got me hooked that I would stay and watch it till the end and more importantly remember it. Have a vivid memory of how that movie felt to me. What impression it gave me. And I really thought uh, at the time, Gwyneth Paltrow and Ethan Hawke, who starred in the movie as the leads, uh, they had really great chemistry on the screen. And that definitely paid uh, part of me liking it. Um, but also, years later, when I read the book and I went back to watch the movie again, Uh, It had even a bigger impact on me because of the moment in life that I was in and the messages that the movie translated to me that I actually finally understood. So I will go through the plot of the movie without trying to reveal too many spoilers for the people that haven't watched the movie, but I want to still explain what happens. We have the 10-year-old Finnegan Finn in short, played by Ethan Hawke, who is an orphan being raised by his elder sister Maggie and her boyfriend Joe. They live in Florida and they're not really wealthy. Finn spends his childhood making drawings on the beach in Florida. One day though, uh, he's overpowered by an escaped convict Arthur Lustig, played by Robert De Niro, on the beach and he becomes a hostage of the convict who forces him to bring him food, alcohol and supplies so that he tries to escape to Mexico. And while he's taking Finn as a hostage, uh, the police is still chasing him and at some point they recapture him and Finn is brought back to his sister Maggie and Joe and this whole ordeal just stays as a trauma memory of his childhood. He doesn't know later on what happens with robert de niro's character then we proceed with joe going as a gardener uh to this huge mansion of the richest woman in florida nora dismore who has lived as a reckless since her fiance left her at the altar years before and he takes finn to accompany him while he is doing the gardening There, he encounters Dismore's young niece, the beautiful Estella, played by Gwyneth Paltrow. Dismore uh, notices the interest of the boy to her niece and invites Finn to come back and play with Estella. She behaves really snobby to Finn, but he still is interested in her. And with her first visit, the aunt forces her to sit for an impromptu portrait by Finn. Dinsmore warns Finn that he will fall in love with Estella and have his heart broken. Several years pass, Maggie runs away from home, and Joe raises Finn alone. Finn then goes to the mansion every Saturday and develops into a talented painter. Although Estella is at times flirtatious and even attempting to seduce Finn at one point, She leaves to study in Europe without telling him. Heartbroken, Finn gives up painting and his visits to the mansion. Then several years pass and eventually a lawyer comes to Finn and Joe and tells him that a gallery owner in New York wants to show his work. Finn is really surprised but agrees to go because when Finn moves to New York... One day, he is in Central Park and he's doing his drawings. Everything is new. This whole world is in front of him. And suddenly, he encounters Estella in the park. He learns that she is engaged to this wealthy businessman, Walter. And she resumes her flirtatious behavior towards Finn while posing nude for a portrait in his apartment, and arousing Walter's jealousy. Eventually, Film, frustrated by Stella's behavior, lures her away from Walter, and the two have a romantic kind of uh, relationship, short-lived doll, and she tells him that she's going to Visit her aunt briefly, but will be back for the opening of Finn's show. But on the opening night, she fails to show up. And he is obviously upset by it. He doesn't know what happened to her. His uncle Joe comes, but he is inevitably embarrassed by him. This whole opening of the show doesn't seem to be what Finn expected. He expected that he would... uh this will be his show for Estella, that he will prove what he has achieved to her. So Finn, after the show, goes to Stella's apartment in New York, hoping to find her. But instead, he finds Mrs. Dinsmore, who reveals that she came to New York to attend Estella's wedding to Walter, which obviously upsets Finn, because he didn't know that. And then she tells him that Estella was using him to make Walter jealous and convince him to marry her. And when she realizes how seriously... She has upset him. She is remorseful and apologizes for her manipulation. But it is too late for Finn. So Finn is left broken-hearted and doesn't know what will happen to Stella. It's interesting to me to make a comparison between the book and the screenplay adaptation by Alfonso. Because there are a lot of dialogues in the book that... You kind of see Alfonso taking in the movie and adapting them in different words, more modern, but yet keeping the meaning behind the words. Now, one really good kind of dialogue, monologue actually, um, that is in the book is... I will just read it through so that we can make the good comparison... Out of my thoughts, you're part of my existence, part of myself. You have been in every line I have ever read since I first came here. The rough common boy whose poor heart you wounded even then. You have been in every prospect I have ever since. On the river, on the sails of the ships, on the marshes, in the clouds, in the light, in the darkness, in the wind, in the woods, in the sea in the streets. You have been the embodiment of every grateful fancy that my mind has ever become acquainted with. The stones of which the strongest London buildings are made are no more real or more impossible to displace with your hands than your presence and influence have been to me, there and everywhere and will be. Estella, to the last hour of my life, You cannot choose but remain part of my character, part of the little good in me, part of the evil. But in this separation, I associate you only with the good, and I will faithfully hold you to that always. For you must have done me far more good than harm. Let me feel now what sharp distress I may. Oh, God bless you. God forgive you. And then we have a very strong scene in the movie right after Finn's opening uh, of his paintings in the gallery he doesn't see Estella there and he marches towards where she her apartment in New York is and he rings on the bell and he thought he thinks that he sees her reflection in the window and he starts screaming I did it I did it I'm a wild success I showed them all all my paintings you don't have to be embarrassed by me anymore I'm rich isn't that what you wanted isn't it great are we happy now don't you understand that everything I do I do it for you anything that might be special in me is you so he screams that and then Uh, The door is open and he enters the building and he thinks that Estella is there. So those two, uh, when you compare what is written in the book, his perception of Estella and her influence on him versus what Alfonso takes in the movie is actually very similar. While the words are quite different... The meaning re- remains the same. He, Alfonso takes what Dickens writes and he adapts it in a modern way. Yet the meaning is there. I am a wild success. I show them all. And I am here to show you that I am worthy of you. You have influenced me so much. Everything I do is for you. It's not for me. It's not for my dreams. It's for me to match your level. And that's what Dickens does with his character is the character is built based on, his, I guess, Estella's actual expectations of what a man should be for her. To the last hour of my life, you cannot choose but remain part of my character, part of the little good in me, part of the evil. She is essential to who he is. And that is shown both in the book. And it's really greatly adapted by Alfonso in the script. And then we have in the book something really interesting. The unqualified truth is that when I loved Estella with the love of a man, I love her simply because I found her irresistible. Once for all, and you to my sorrow, often and often, if not always... That I love her against reason, against promise, against peace, against hope, against happiness, against all discouragement that could be. Once for all, I love her nonetheless because I knew it and it had no more influence in restraining me than if I had devotedly believed her to be a human perfection. This is a very important moment in the book because it shows the main character, the protagonist, realizing what Estella is. And while she was this idolized thing in his youth. The further he goes into life. And the more he experiences life. The more he experiences her as a human. The more he realizes she's not actually perfect. The opposite. She is mean. she's heartless. She is... There's really no reason for him to be in love with her besides her obvious beauty, she is cold. It it just doesn't make sense this love of uh for her. And yet against it all, it doesn't restrain him for um believing that she is worthy of love. And then we see that in uh one of the scenes in the movie when Estella poses for him naked in his apartment and she's flirty and he believes that there's a chance to be with her and then she suddenly stands up and leaves and then he is shocked and he runs after her and the ta he catches the taxi and she's there and he he says to her, "How does it feel to be heartless? How does it feel?" to not feel anything and then he sees her break he actually sees her break he sees her crying and she she shows that she's human she shows that she cares but there is obviously something wrong in her and that's why he he realizes that he believed she was perfection Yet she wasn't. She's just human. And that made him love her even more. There is a moment in Dickens' book where the protagonist arrives at the place that he wanted to arrive. Where he's fortunate. He's lucky. He has succeeded. He's cut himself from the poverty. It's written like the following. That was a memorable day for me. For it made great changes in me but it is the same with any life. Imagine one selected day struck out of it and think how different its course would have been. Pause you who read this and think for a moment of the long chain of iron or gold, of thorns or flowers that would never have bound you but for the formation of the first link on the memorable day. In that moment he is there he has the character has uh, arrived and he realizes his luck and then when you look at the text in the movie there's a scene right after the gallery opening where Finn succeeds it's obvious that he has made it finally through his art and then he walks in the rain talking to himself tonight All of my dreams came true and like any happy ending it was a tragedy of my own device for i have succeeded i have cut myself loose from joe from poverty from the past from the gulf i have invented myself i have done it cruelly but i have done it i was free it's very interesting to see what alfonso took from the original text and the keyword here is invented myself that is the moment the memorable day that the protagonist invents this other version of himself the one that is away from the past the one that it's not poor that it's wealthy it's where he wanted to arrive to be in line with Estella's future and present and he feels like he succeeded but because the skies were fortunate on that day but he understands himself that this success did cost him something it did cost him loss of identity it cost him to cut himself from the past and there is the question here that comes right after that scene in the movie was it war was it all worth it what does it mean that he succeeded I made those parallels between the book and the adaptation of the, the script in movie because I feel that it's important to point out the key moments in the book and how Alfonso took them in the movie because he did he everything else it's changed you know it's not taking place in the past in London it's taken pa party in the future in new york the characters are doing different things than the original novel uh, it's modernized but the narrative is there uh, those moments from the book the way that are they're reinvented in the script they show the story because they are the key moments in the protagonist's life and his thought process of what is happening to him and for me that is important for a good film adaptation because if you miss those key moments that are in the book in your movie then you don't have the adaptation even if everything else is different but you hit those marks then you have a good adaptation Something that I really like about this movie adaptation by Alfonso is the colors that he uses in every scene. And it's not really noticeable at the beginning. By by the end of the movie, if you are watching it carefully, you kind of notice it that every character is dressed in somewhat shade of green the walls are in somewhat shade of green. Everything has... The green color is presented in some kind of form. And the characters don't wear any other shades. So that is very interesting. And even though... Even if you take it that it's only aesthetically pleasing. That is still quite nice. But it actually has a meaning behind it. Because at the beginning of the movie... The Finn says I'm not going to tell the story the way it happened I'm going to tell it the way I remember it so he sets us up that this whole movie is kind of a memory he the events of it is the way the way he remembers it it's it could be in some points not realistic and if you think about it, the way you remember things, you also associate it with a certain color. When you look back at childhood memories, it seems a bit blurry. It's a bit, there are parts of it that are a bit unrealistic. So, using the same color for every scene and the way that the characters look or the way they're dressed has that effect of out of reality. You know, it's it's it serves the purpose of it being a memory. So the way that the cinematography in this film works, the way that the uh, the core, the way that the costume design works, it's all in favor of telling the story, and it's very well done and it's very well thought. It, it, it has everything, in it has purpose, and it serves the film greatly. And here comes. ...the what just happened moment in the movie... ...that is related to that first line in the movie... ...that this is how he remembers it. This is a memory. There is a scene... ...we come back to the same scene... ...because it's a key scene in the movie... ...where Finn uh, goes out of the gallery after his exhibition... And he starts walking in the rain and he's going through his thoughts of how he succeeded. Where did he arrive? And then he starts running in the rain and he goes to look for Estella. And you see him running and suddenly, as if very fast, he arrives at a restaurant and he walks in and he just walks to Estella's table and she's having dinner with her fiance and friends and he just goes there and he, soaking wet. He asks her, would you dance with me? And he just, she just stands up and starts dancing slowly with him and then they go out in the rain and they start kissing and they run in the rain. Now this obviously is unrealistic in real life. It can happen. You can't just presume where somewhere is that she's having dinner somewhere you don't know where she is but you just arrived at a random place and she's there and um it doesn't happen that fast and you can't just ask someone to go go somewhere go to someone and then ask them hey would you dance with me you know and then take them and run with them in the rain that's ridiculous but it's it shows how he remembers it as this very out of the world moment for him because it showed that Estella has interest in him and if you if you're a child, if this is like your childhood memory or if this is your adult memory and it means a significant moment in life it this looks like as if it's in a movie you know, it's 10 times exaggerated because it's so significant, because it's like something great that happened to you and made you excited. And the way you remember it is in that excited kind of way. And for some people, that movie is what just happened moment, because they're like, oh, well, this is unrealistic. Come on, like, how do, how does he know that she's there? You can't just ask someone to do that. And yes, you can't. It's not it's not realistic, but it is how he remembers it, because it's so special. So for me, that is very well done. I could understand why the audience might be confused by this moment, but if you follow really the story, it makes all sense. Overall, Great Expectations by Alfonso Quaron is a really good modern adaptation of the novel by Dickens, because... A, it represents all the key moments that happen in the book, that tell the the story. It's aesthetically pleasing. He uses uh, costume design, decorations, everything for the purpose of telling the story. The music is on point. The actors are acting very subtle. They're... Uh, they're using mimics of their faces, they're really, really on point, and it's really a good movie because it captures the essence of the novel, which is a young man who has his heart broken, and has those big dreams of wanting to be someone more, but not knowing what that more is he doesn't know when he's young what it means to grow up does it mean having the girl of your dreams as your wife and having wealth and money or does it mean having a ground uh, of values of things that are worthy like family love true love um Respect from others those are things that Finn the main character, searches through the book, and the surroundings the other characters are the ones that feed him lessons, for example, Joe, his father kind of figure, is the one that brings him the human in him he's we see him when Finn succeeds. He gets embarrassed by his past. He is embarrassed by who he is. And when, why this story is so relatable is because it's very basic human things that we go through when we grow up. For example, we are at some age embarrassed by our parents for no real reason. It's just our perception of what society should expect from us, our expectations on ourselves and we see at the end of the movie when and in the end of the book where the main character realizes that his past is actually not something to be embarrassed of his past is his source of love and something he could always rely on and that's shown through Joe's character in the movie who is there to support him in every way and he's most importantly there to support him in the good and in the bad. And that's only that you can find true family, true friendships, true love. And this is very important for the character's journey. And it's very well represented in the movie. And then you have the great expectations of lo- what love is. What unconditional love is. Should you chase someone who is ideal... On paper but not in real life you know what is love and all of those questions are greatly represented in the character's journey until he finally grows up a bit more he has more experience with life and he's more mature and so he looks at life in a different way he sees Estella as this human that is making mistakes that it's not perfect and and He then actually starts loving her for who she really is. He finds the real love still in her, but for the right reasons, not for the ideal that he has built. He starts realizing that he shouldn't succeed because of someone else. He shouldn't succeed because of society's expectations on him of the inequality between different social systems. But because of who he wants to be as a professional, as an artist. And that's why he continues to study paintings. Uh, painting. And at the end he develops into this moral person. Person who knows what is right and wrong. So this this movie for me is very special because... If you read it at a young age, you relate to so many of the emotions that the character goes through. And when you read it as an adult or when you watch it as an adult, you kind of think about yourself. Oh yeah, I get it. I was there too. I was also embarrassed. I also had a broken heart and I thought this is it. This is the love of my life or... I also wanted to succeed for the wrong reasons. I also wanted people to like me. I didn't do it for myself. And I feel that on that level, the story is really well developed. And that's all I have to say about the movie adaptation of Great Expectations.